You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting, uh, well, somewhere here in the studio is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, I guess uh, next to, quote-unquote, yes. it, it takes on a whole different meaning uh, now. but That's not uh, allowed. Right. Uh, close, but not too close. Exactly. We'll just say that. Yeah. And uh, that's how we were uh, Friday night, too, for exactly. the exactly. first action of the Wilson football team. Uh, in a long time, it feels like it's been years since we've seen them in action. Right. I, I told you when we were standing there kind of uh, getting things set up and everything, I said, man, I on the drive over, I was really excited. I didn't, I guess maybe I had just kind of resigned. Now, this wasn't last week, but like at, at some point I had just kind of resigned to like, this just may not happen. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I guess I had realized and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is happening. Like, so, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to be there and, uh, be back in, in that setting. Yeah. It was, um, it's been quite the journey over the last few months getting to this point. Uh, kudos to, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the administration, the athletic department, the, the team, the players, the coaches, the athletic trainers, everyone that's done their job over the last two plus months to do things safely, uh, operate in the way that they should be, allowing the team to get back out onto the field and get to play their scrimmage against Cocalico, which we were going to talk about here on the show before we dive into our season preview but uh you and i were both at the scrimmage friday evening you were operating uh the huddle camera which we're going to take a look at uh how much better you've gotten in the last year using the huddle software and uh i was able to get there um to stream the game on our social platforms Uh, that came about late and quickly as i was not expected to be there but I think it worked out well. It wasn't the, the best um, setup or best feed because I was trying to take photos while also stream the game. So trying to move both of those devices at the same time uh, in unison while getting good pictures and a good uh, live stream w- was difficult. Usually I have a partner to help me with that, but... It's all right. It's it's preseason for us yeah, too. Right. Everyone's warming up. That's That's a, right. This is a you know this is a dry run for the real thing, and the real thing is this Friday. Life gets real in a hurry. Uh, real, really quickly. Not only do we get to kick off the regular season this Friday, September eighteenth, seven o'clock at Gursky Stadium. It is against crosstown rival Governor Mifflin, and we'll have a lot to say about the Mustangs here in just a little bit. But let's um, do our normal start of the program housewarming stuff and uh just mention and thank our sponsors who are may's sandwich shop and small player big play you heard their advertisement at the top of the show we appreciate um the sponsors that are allowing us to bring the show to you uh once again and we also have uh our uh, anonymous donors as well. We're, we're thankful for both of them. Uh, both came back for another year, and I think we're now on one. One's been around 
pretty much since the start and the other ones now I think we're at three or four years. So we appreciate the long-term anonymous donors as well. And besides uh, donations and advertising, there's a couple other ways you can help us. Uh, definitely uh, visit the website and then spread the word, uh, like and share the social media accounts. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, and please do visit the webpage bulldoghour.com. Our next live show will be next Sunday, a week from tonight, same time, same place. And we'll be recapping the game against Mifflin and then previewing the kickoff of the section play at Mannheim Township uh, the fo- that following Friday, which yeah, would be September two, 25th. Two really big ones uh, coming up right off the bat. Yeah, so <laughs> this is like the fourth different schedule I think I've shown on the show. We've only done six episodes of the season, but I think I've shown now four different schedules. The one way back when we had Chad on in February to kick off the sixth season. Now, Obviously, that one didn't happen. That seem like a long that time ago. That does seem like a very long time ago. That was a great show, too, because he had awesome pictures to share from yeah. um, Super Bowl week and, and after winning the Super Bowl. That was awesome. But that schedule, no longer. At that time, we also thought it was going to be Roman Catholic. Then that changed to Martin Luther King. Then everything happened, and we were like, well, none of this is happening. Who knows what's going to happen? And now we got to this point. So this is the schedule as we know it at the moment. As of right now. (laughs) So September 11th, we just went through the scrimmage with Cocalico. This coming week, we play Mifflin Friday at home. Then Manheim Township. Followed by, and now this is all the same. This is the way it was because it's the section, the LL section stuff. This is identical. So if you had this in your calendar, you're good to go. October 2nd, host Penn Manor. October 9th, at McCaskey. October 16th, host Cedarcrest. October 23rd, host Hempfield. October 30th is where it gets a little dicey. Depending on how the playoff uh, power ratings turn out, we could be playing at Mannheim Central, which was the mandated crossover game with Section 2 of the Lancaster Lebanon League. That became the season finale when they moved the the, uh, section finale to the Week 2, the first game of your section uh, competition. So those games got flip-flopped. September 25th and October 30th got flip-flopped. Why? Because October 30th is the the district, I think for some might even be district championship week. Maybe um, for the smaller schools. For yeah. 6A though, it is going to be the district three semifinals because district three at 6A level is taking only four of 18 flashback, right? Schools. Yeah. This, this although, although it to, was worse because it was only four divisions back then right so yeah even you had a schools. lot more schools and only four spots yeah so i believe we mentioned this on a previous show but oh, there yeah. are only four teams making the district three 6a uh playoffs and that first round which will be the semifinals this year is on october 30th so should wilson qualify they will not play Mannheim central that game will not happen they would play um in th- that final four if wilson does not qualify for the district three 6a playoffs they will play Mannheim Central if they, I guess, don't qualify right. for the five A so playoffs. In order for that Wilson Mannheim Central game to take place, both, both teams, teams would need to miss out on the playoffs six A and five A. Correct. So um, that's October thirtieth. Again, one way. There's really three options. Play it as designed. Both teams miss the playoffs. They play. We make the playoffs. Play a playoff game. 
we don't make the playoffs when Mayhem Central does, we have to find another opponent. And District 3 is allowing that, and they're actually allowing teams that do not make the playoffs or make the playoffs but lose, you can schedule games in November to play more regular season games. Now, we have not talked to, to Coach Doms or, or, or Drew Kaufman about what Wilson is thinking. I don't think that's something that they want to discuss because everyone's focused on winning these games and making the playoffs. Right, and I think they're... I, I feel like the team is focused on, obviously, one game at a time, and I feel like, honestly... The, the athletic department and, and league in general are kind of more focused on, we're just looking to do things that we need to do like this week. Like, let's right. take care of this week. Yes. We'll worry about next week, next week. And uh, kind of everybody's taking it one game at a time. You hear that a lot from teams, but I feel like a lot of people who have to make the larger decisions are also in that space right now. And you know what? For right now, that's fine. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But Right. But I just wanted to make sure everyone knows absolutely. that is a, a, available. It is on the table. Um, there's a potential there to play um, 10 games um, with or without playoffs if, if, the, um, if the team and the athletic department are willing. So we'll see what happens, but that, that's a possibility. I have state playoffs listed there, three. I don't know how many rounds there will be. I don't even know if they've finalized that yet. Things are going to look different this year anyways, which I went over in a previous show, I think back in June. But so much has changed since then. I don't know what the standings are. And right now it's just, let's get these regular season games started and, and see uh, where we go, where we end up. Um, but yeah, this week is Mifflin, September 18th. It is at home. I do not know right now what the expectations are for spectators we know that there was a plan added to the health and safety plan about gursky stadium allowing 609 but that was total people so wilson has to keep a running tab of their own personnel um, which includes coaches players athletic trainers managers um, press box people uh, video crew the away teams cheerleaders band so there's not a lot of room if they abide by that 609 person. Also, uh, as soon as you start letting spectators in, and this is not saying against that, but the increased number of staff to work the game from a facility standpoint also increases a lot. Right. So it just, again, that's, we don't, I don't have any information on that. But I'm sure that you will be sharing that information as it becomes available. Right. As soon as I know, I will let everyone know. Um, as of right now, I do not have, uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to the game Friday is how I should put it. Um, obviously, I'm more than willing to go so that I can provide um, game updates via Twitter and Facebook and take my pictures and get everyone involved in that way. Obviously, there will be a limited amount of spectators, if any are admitted at all. Um, they're working on those numbers. I know there's media that want to be admitted, obviously local for sure, with it being Mifflin Wilson. You would think the Red and Eagle would want a strong presence there, uh, at least uh, Mike Drago and a photographer. So, uh, yeah, they're working on that, um, the administration and the athletic department. And um, I know for the scrimmage, one parent per player was given a ticket. That's where the ticket allotment went, uh, both, I believe, for Wilson and Cocalico, because there were people in there. They were in the stands, so I assume that's how it worked for them. 
And, you know, they, the everyone throwing wrenches in the plans because Wilson came up with um, what which I thought was a great idea. I thought it was a great plan. Then uh, the PIAA decided to throw a curveball by saying, please don't do that. And it wasn't directed at Wilson. It was directed it, at everyone. It was basically subtweeted at Wilson, though. <laughs> like, I mean, like... <laughs> please don't do that because they feel like they could lose some pull with the General Assembly, who's, you know, both sections of uh, the Pennsylvania um, the House of Representatives and the Senate passed the bill with more than um, two-thirds votes to send it to Governor Wolf to allow school districts to set parameters for spectator attendance. He has said he will veto it. I don't know if he's going to. Once it gets sent back, they can pass it again. Um, and if it's two-thirds again, it'll become a a, a, a law. Right, it'll, yeah. However that works. House It was House Bill, I forget the numbers, 2787 or something yeah. like that. Um, so it had support the first time around to get past the governor's veto. And I, the PIAA, I think, wants everyone to wait until that happens. I have no clue how quickly that'll happen, though. So, again, there's so much going on that you just have to let them operate and do their thing. And I will keep everyone updated as soon as I have the information. I don't know when that would be. will be. It may not be until Thursday. It may not be till Friday morning, as was the case this past week. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So just be patient. As soon as I know, you will know. I'm not sitting on this and waiting. Uh, Likely I know, story. You will know. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm just trying to. Um, You're just trying to time it so you can so you can uh, hit hit the right time with the big news. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So I think that pretty much covers all of that. Let's um let's take a look if I can pull this up properly. We're just gonna play the scrimmage highlights in the background while we talk about it. Okay. Um. Because you, you're not going to be able to see it. So we're just right. going to discuss. I just have to pull it up here and uh, get things moving. If I can. All right, here we go. Let's uh, move this over. Play. All right. So Wilson hosted Cocalico for their scrimmage to open the 2020 season. Now Cocalico is down in 4A this year, which we had talked about before the game together. Where... Um, where were the Eagles in the grand scheme of things? Because Wilson's established in 6A. Kokalka actually drops down to 4A for this two-year cycle. So a little bit smaller program, um, but have been on the rise. Both they had been rising oh, in yeah. numbers and also in strength. They've become a very solid program over the last five years or so. Yeah, annually competing for that Section 2 title with, uh, with Mannheim, Mannheim Central. Central. Yeah. They're usually right in that mix. Um, that has been a huge game the last few years, you know. There, there's there was a lot of uh, changes in the program. I say that like from the names. They they had a longtime coach step down. Uh, some other me- members of the coaching staff stepped down and retired after the season. Um, but they hired from within. So right. while Stability. there were right while there were changes, it's not like it's a whole new system or anything. And um, it was interesting. Um, you know, I I was. I, I thought leaving that, I know this is jumping ahead, but I looking at it, I'm like, I think, I think uh, Kokalko is going to have another solid year in section two. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, like, it, it's a lot different. You know, they don't, they don't have, well, they have a good number of guys for a four, a team. And um, it, it's just different when you're going against a school that is likely Wilson's probably twice the size of Kokalko. Like, yeah, and, I, and know I know they're only a couple different, but like, Wilson graduates roughly 500 kids a year now, give or take, you know, 
I find it hard to believe Cacalco is much more than 250 a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, th- I, those numbers really start to spread out when you get up to the 6A level. You know, you have some oh, yeah. that are like around 300. Some, well, I guess Mifflin's yeah, in the like low 300s. It's like 370. Okay, yeah. Mifflin was one one right. student away from making it into 6A. Right. And then you also have schools like Reading and North Penn that have over 1,000 a grade. 2,000. Right, right. Like, like it, now it, this is, yeah. and that's what's, Okay. See, I, you're talking graduating classes. Yeah, I'm you're talking, talking male enrollment. I'm talking male enrollment right. from ninth to eleventh right. grade. So we're 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 saying the same thing. We're just using different numbers yes, to convey yeah. what we're talking about. But yeah, so Cocalico is maybe not quite half the size of Wilson, but very close. Right. Um, so this wasn't a, an ideal scrimmage for either team. You generally want to. We, we're normally playing Parkland. Right. That's usually, and that's very. That's pretty good comparison. Right. Wilson to Parkland. Um. It allows us to step up a little because I believe Parkland's larger than than Wilson. Yes, yeah. Um, then I we feel were, like they're more like the size of like Hempfield and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so a little bit bigger than yeah. us. But they had actually dropped us, and we were going to play Phillipsburg, but they're in New Jersey. Mm, yeah. And during this um, pandemic thing mm-hmm. that's going on, you know, did you hear about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that? I've heard about it someplace. Yeah. Um, obviously, that wasn't going to happen. Then when the season got pushed back and the LL changed how things were going to be operating. They pretty much, I think, picked who your scrimmage opponent was going to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, they did it, I think, a lot by geographical location. And Cocalco pretty much happens to be the closest. And that decided that. There, there was a neat little um, um, link, though, because uh, former offensive line coach, a long time assistant mm-hmm. coach Jeff Brubaker's son, uh, is, I believe, a junior. I think a junior. Yeah, I don't, on, on I don't know. Cocalco I've lost team. track. But... Um, uh, a two way offense defensive lineman, um, very good young player, and uh, so just a nice little Wilson connection there. But um, we, we skipped over the the JV uh, video, but this is the varsity film that we've been watching here. Uh, I believe Wilson allowed a couple big plays in that first ten and ten series. Yeah. Uh, didn't allow Cocalico into the end zone, but here, as you see right now. We get to see, I believe that was junior running back Jaden Jones, uh, take one in from about 30, uh, 30, 35 yards out. Uh, he had a couple big plays yeah. on the evening. He looked very, very good. He had a couple of nice plays on defense, too. And he did have very nice plays on defense. There's going to be a play here um, towards the end where I think it was, did he score or did he get pulled down right before the end zone where he made, no, he scored, didn't he? He made those tackles miss in the backfield and then went all the way I think, around. I think so. Yeah, think so. so um, we got to see some big plays from Jaden Jones and quarterback Caleb Brown. Man, on his run, he took off. Both of them looking very fast, yeah. um, very very agile, uh, very quick, and um, they're gonna they're gonna need that as the offensive line gels because it's so early in camp and they haven't had a ton of time. They're still trying to figure out well who is definite the starting five right. and. Learning the system. Now, it's not changed all that much, but we talked about it being another new offensive line coach. And it's uh, you're replacing all five starters. So you're asking a lot of a very important unit that hasn't had time or the repetitions yeah. to gel. I think, and I really think only one of the guys who was playing, Chase Walters got time last year. Yeah, he was kind of um, um, the, the primary reserve, especially yes. a tackle, and also what we what we would call the Marine guy, the, right. the extra offensive lineman that could check into the game. Right. So he, he, being under the lights is not new for him. In his role, it will be new for him. Um, 
But yeah, the other guys, there's some guys who this is going to be their first varsity action. I think maybe f- for most of the other guys, except for some spots here and there. But um, yeah, so it, it could be could be interesting. Like you said, there, there's they need to come together, and it was a good first step on on uh, Friday night. They were able to get some things going, but there were definitely times where you could see, all right, we need to, you know, that, I don't know, you know, it could be anything. It could be a play. It could be the look the defense gave. Not Usually you're not getting too exotic of a look in, in the scrimmage, but like, you know, just types of things like that. Um, definitely some things to work on, but there were definitely some spots where they looked really good too. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you expect how the scrimmage went. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a team that most people would favor in a regular season game. I'm, would think Wilson would probably be favored. In the end, they scored more than Cocalico. But again, it's just a scrimmage. And we may note, I'm not really sure what's going on here. I'm sure it's probably that huddle recording guy that probably is. He probably didn't. He probably didn't do something right. Let's see. It's probably the guy up there that was bumping stuff all over. Oh, that, that was that guy was annoying too. Um but the, for the 10 and 10s, the beginning of the varsity scrimmage, you know, each team does 10 offensive plays, 10 defensive plays, and they do that two or three times regardless of the outcome. It doesn't matter if it's a touchdown or a turnover or whatever. The, the team remains w- with possession until you get the 10 plays. Wilson, on offense and defense, I don't think ever really had their whole cohesive unit or the expected and, starters to play together. Right, and they were moving a lot of guys in and out. Every five plays, I think. Right, They kind right, of rotated like, guys. And on, on defensive, like defensively, sometimes th- there were like huge like package changes on those, you know. So like, yeah, trying to, um, yeah, I. I can't speak like I, you know, there's lots of things you're looking for as a coach in, in those scrimmages. And, you know, um, you're, you're watching individual guys, you're watching how guys work together at certain positions and how, how things are kind of coming along, you know, after that first real week of practice. So there's definitely some things that they're certainly looking for. I, I kind of think like to, to spring training sometimes for, for baseball, when, you know, a pitcher might give up some hits, but they were working on a specific pitch, you know, like, and it, it can happen and you're, you're working on specific things. You want to see certain guys in certain scenarios. Right. So as long as you can learn from those experiences, then the scrimmage is the perfect opportunity to, I don't want to say make the mistakes. So you don't want no, to make the mistakes, right. but if you're going to make the mistakes, make, make them, them early and learn from them. Yeah. Right. Make them early right. and learn from them. Make a mistake. And then correct it and don't let it happen again. Like that's, that's the learning. Yes. Literally not making mistakes. You don't have anything to learn. You already know it all. (laughs) So if you are making mistakes, you have areas to improve and that's how we get better. I think my biggest negative takeaway, not that we like to focus on negatives. And and this um, was a consistent thing from JV through varsity was, um, exchanges between the center and the quarterback now wilson's not i'm not sure they were under center at all so it's all pistol or shotgun and the they were either bad snaps or not great snaps that were bobbled or not covered there were some that were super high some that were low so um center and quarterback have to get on the same page they need the um (laughs) there need to be a lot of repetitions for that because that is something that can severely hamper your offense if you're 
you know, you're recovering a fumble, you lose a play, or yeah. you could turn over the ball like in, yeah. without them having to do anything to earn it. Right, yeah. Like, And and I think that some of that, and this is what perfect example, some of that could be, this is the first time you're going up against other guys across from you. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff. You're, you're thinking of your, your line calls and, and things like that. Um, so those are things that, all right, that happened in the scrimmage. I'm sure it's going to be, a, you know, a focal point and make it better. Yeah. You know, um, that's not to say you're never going to mess up. Like, that's not what it is. But you have to make steps towards improvement and you're heading in the right direction. And that's really, like you said, you're learning from it. That's literally what it is. And make the best of it. Um, but cut down on the mistakes and uh, start putting it together. Now, I know you can't see the video, but we are in the um, game situation now okay. where they play two 12 or 15-minute? 12. 12. Was it 12? Okay. Yeah. They played two 12-minute quarters just like they would during a game. There was down and distance. There was officials um, calling uh, penalties. Uh, plays were being called from the sideline. Um, if you got a first down, you kept going. If you scored, the drive was over. Right. You turned you, it over, you could, the drive you was over. You could punt. It was know. exactly like yeah. a game. So we got to see now... This is when you started to see the unit, starting units actually show up. So you had your expected 11 starters on offensive defense, at least for like the first series or two. Yeah. And then they started the mixing. Still lots guys. of mixing, yes. But it was nice because we uh, got to see, um, you know, a, a cohesive unit finally. And um, it wasn't perfect, but it looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they They gained some big plays. They gave up a few big plays. Right. But this is really where you got to see the athleticism and the explosiveness of the offensive guys, um, specifically uh, Caleb and Jaden, for sure, really right. stood out. Um, Mason, too. Mason looked very good on offense. And uh, I think besides the guys that we've already mentioned, is there anyone else that stood out to you as not necessarily having an amazing scrimmage, but someone that you saw out there that um, you weren't expecting to see? Or maybe just the guy that did stand out that we haven't talked about. Oh, man. Um, I can go first if you want me Yeah, to. you go first. You go uh, first. I, I wasn't sure who was going to fill the spot opposite Mason at cornerback. You know, you needed a guy there. We didn't know. We knew Troy was back at safety. Right. We've heard that Caleb's also going to be spending time in the defensive backfield. And, and Mason was back. So you needed probably at least one other guy. Uh, and at least based on the game situation, that guy could be sophomore defensive back Cameron Jones, who is Jaden's younger brother, uh, which is awesome to see because he's uh, a great kid and an incredible athlete. Uh, he's getting time uh, at quarterback and receiver on offense, but he could really make a name for himself on defense. And for him to have the opportunity possibly to start as a sophomore at such a critical position and one that uh, Wilson has struggled at a bit over the last few years, uh, that, that was really, really great to see. And I hope uh, it continues in that direction and he has the opportunity and he solidifies himself as, as a starter there. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I thought in general from uh, maybe like the defensive ends and uh, outside linebackers kind of as a, as a whole, as those positions, um, I thought they did a fairly good job. They, like you said, there were some plays where they where it broke down, but in terms of the the contain from the outside, um, Kokalko likes to do a lot of uh, runs, like in outside runs. Um, and I thought they did a, a fairly good job of like the speed. I was impressed with being able to kind of stretch things out 
uh, and not get beat around the edge. Um, there were definitely some times where it, it didn't happen, but you're going to have that. Um, I, I kind of talk to that point. I, I feel like, I think it was Carson Nash, the, the quarterback for Cocalico. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, I lost the video again. But he, I, like, I was impressed. Good sized kid. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting for Cocalico because they're losing seemingly, I, you know, I don't follow, follow the Cocalico program super closely, but losing a, like, uh, a legend, you know, in yeah, no, yeah. in Noah Palm, yeah. um, was their starter multiple years, maybe three years. I think at least three. Um, and on, you know, on two sides of the football, like just, yeah, he led that team to great things. They they make the state semifinals. Like well, they I won the district, didn't they? Did they right. Win the I I think they went really. They went into states last year um, and may have won a game or two. I don't know the exact setup, um, but they they were playing for a long time last year. Um, just got to see a touchdown run by Caleb there. <laughs> so like just seeing that, I, I thought the defense did a, a fairly good job of stringing that out. Um, which, listen, you're gonna have to be stout against the run this Friday, like right? Yeah, if not, it'll be a long night. Yeah, it, it, and I know it's not exactly the same. I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but you're you're gonna have to be ready to go this week. Yes, uh, we are very shortly going to be talking about <laughs> the Mustang. So, uh, anything else to say about Cocalico? Um, like you the said, scrimmage in general. Overall, I thought it was. It was a, a good first step. Um, it kind of let them know where they were, let the coaches know. When we were down there after the game, you could hear the coaches kind of talking. Like, they were already, like, talking to guys on, this is what you need to do better. This is what you need to do better. And I'm sure as they looked at film and started, you know, getting ready even more for this Friday, that that there's a, plenty of things for them to work on this week, but it's not like they're starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Like, it... That's the last thing you want when you come out of a scrimmage or a game sometimes and you're like, all right, back to the drawing boards. You right. know, like I didn't have any of those moments, you know, coming out of Friday night. So I'll take that as a win, build off of what we got there and uh, be ready to go and give it your best shot on Friday night. Well, that's a good play to end on here. It was Caleb's second touchdown run. The pl- first Wilson offensive play immediately after the defensive back breakdown um, that allowed Kokalko to score in a big play. Caleb runs a nice... Um, uh, I believe read option, and uh, he takes it to the house. I think seventy yards. He was so yeah. On he's that. looked. He looked really good. He yeah. looked really good, um, especially on the ground. Yeah, a very very strong performance from him. And um, yeah, Jack Wagner got to kick a few extra points, yeah. and uh, we know what to expect from him on uh, on Friday nights, especially uh, in the kicking game. So. A lot of good stuff, obviously stuff to work on. It's early, but it's coming at you fast now. You don't have uh, you don't have any more dress rehearsals. This is the time to shine. And they get to welcome in the Mustangs this Friday evening. And uh, it's a it's a pretty stacked. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a da- it's a daunting task right off the bat. The, the Governor Mifflin comes to West Lawn. Uh, after last year finishing eight and four, but they went six and zero oh in Burke Section One, they qualified for districts. Um, their head coach is Jeff Lang. This is his fourth season. I know we had been we talking were talking about, about that we're the trying other day. to figure out how oh, when was it. So he took over in 2017, okay. um, which was his first 
year um, as as the official long term. So coach. was twenty fifteen maybe the year he coached like almost on like the interim. I thought that was twenty sixteen. Okay, I didn't know if it was back to back or not. Like maybe. I thought there was a year where he came back and then. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but he's well. He's been there forever as well. So it's not him being there is nothing new. Him being in charge as the guy is, like you said, this is his fourth year. So the, um, their biggest loss, they lost um, Colby Reeser at quarterback yeah. um, from the team last year, and uh, Connor Marionayak is stepping in at that position for them. But the big gun is obviously Nick Singleton, who has been destroying records um, for two years now. He's only a junior this year, yeah. has like 30 or so offers from Big top time. Division One football offers. teams. Um, they also bringing back Brandon Strasser, uh, Zach Parsons, Aiden Martin, who started as a freshman for them, and then another big guy in Cameron Stewart, uh, who is going to Rutgers. Right. And um, Mike Drago mentions that other key offensive players are Trey Rock, Greg Suber, Devontae Phillips, and Dominic Scheide, uh along the offensive line. Um, it, when you can roll out Singleton, Strasser, and Stewart without mentioning any of those other guys, that's a pretty strong trio right there at incredibly important positions uh, in the Mifflin offense. Yeah, you're you're back. Well, I is Cameron Stewart technically a tight end? Yes. Okay, but they find ways to get him the ball. Um, when you have two skill player, power five football players, you know, like. Division one power five conference level players. Yeah, that's gonna stand out. I know we we talk all the time about back when we were in school and Cedar Crest had the year where they had maybe Brandon three Kirsch, I think yeah, they, it, right. And they, I think, they had a receiver who went to a right, D one school too. Right. So like they had a number of guys that went D one off all off the same squad. Um and like just how that that stood out and McCaskey had a few, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, it was just interesting. And here's Mifflin sitting with a couple big time players. And yeah. like you said, um, Singleton's only a junior, but doesn't play like it. No. Right. <laughs> so, um, and Singleton is going to get looks on defense this year, which he just played, I believe sparingly last year. They saved him mostly for offense, but now that he's a junior, he's going to get some time, probably a cornerback, um, and uh, uh, Strausser, the Brandon Strausser was the Burke Section One linebacker of the year, and Cameron Stewart was the Burke Section One defensive lineman of the year, both back. So, two defensive MVPs are back for your, your defense, and they got stronger as the year went on. We all know that yeah. Wilson went to Shillington last year and obliterated the Mustang. Right. Like you can't put it any other way. Right. Uh, it was a shellacking. Wilson was up what sixty-one nothing. Yeah. Uh, at one point. Um, Mifflin could not do anything to stop the Wilson offense and they couldn't penetrate the Wilson defense until the third string was in. Right. Uh, what you're talking, you're in the, you're, the JVs were playing against the Mifflin varsity and they were able to score points. That's how they got their points. So Mifflin is certainly going to be out for a little vengeance after the way things went down last year. And when you are returning uh, a handful of key big name guys, um, you've got the guys to, to try and pull that off. Right. <laughs> like, so they if, if if you needed guys to come in to Wilson and, and do it, they certainly have the guys to do it. Right. And you're also there 
offense is unique. Uh, it's, it's a high school type offense. Not many collegiate programs use it. And obviously no NFL programs use anything like it. And if you don't have the right defensive mentality and discipline or strength, you're going to have a long day. You're going to have a long day if, if you have quote unquote average guys in the backfield. Like if you don't play well and disciplined against this style of offense, it's going to be a long day. When you put, Division one guys back there, you 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 have to be on top of your game. Yes. So honestly, I mean, Reading Eagle doesn't do any kind of spreads, but no. LL uh, Lancaster or Lebanon papers do, and I assume if if any of those do the Wilson Mifflin game, I would fully expect Mifflin to be favored in this game. Yeah i I bet. I bet Reiner will probably touch on this. And honestly, Penn Live may just because I believe Mifflin is ranked in the state. They are eighth in right. Class 5A. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so there's a lot of hype surrounding Mifflin this season. I mean, they're 56-2 and two in the last nine years in Burke Section 1. They return all those guys that we just talked about. I, I fully would expect them to be favored in this matchup because of where Wilson is breaking in new guys. Wilson has a ton of talent back, but where they're breaking new guys in, mostly along the offensive line, I, I and and what with what Mifflin has back, including I, along the defensive front, right? You know, I I think Mifflin would be favored in in, in this game. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So um, they're expected to win Burke Section One again this year. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to be close to to them in in Burke's one. Um, maybe Exeter. Possibly Burke's Catholic because they've bumped up, but I think Mifflin is definitely the team to beat there. Yeah, I, I would, I would be surprised, especially with, and I know this year's crazy, but how it seems like, well, it's not seeming like Mifflin has pushed themselves as well with their non-conference schedule, um, or non-league schedule. Uh, sorry, the the last few years, and so like they've had some tough starts. And then they come out and they play really well, like basically from mid to late September through the end of the year and well and in, into the playoffs, you know? So like they hit their stride um, as the year's going on. And I know it's a condensed season and there's not as much time for that, but I think they're going to, they're going to be ready to hit the ground running literally and figuratively on Friday night. Wilson has to be up for the task because you, like you said, there is, you are absolutely going to get their best shot. That's how this whole rivalry game goes. Anyway, like sometimes like, like you mentioned last year, that, that is the anomaly that, that it happens every now and then where just something, it just gets rolling and it just, there's nothing you can do to stop it. You know, like they could play a bunch of times, even last year. And you might get like Wilson may still win some outcomes. I don't think you're going to see many exactly like that. You know what I mean? Just, I, I would, I would take it. But like you know, I just don't think that's how that always plays out. Whereas, um, you know, they're going to be ready. They're going to be trying to show that that was uh, you know not the norm, and that they're ready to go. And I'm sure they want to do the same thing to us on Friday. Yeah, I mean, no matter how the season played out, the first game was always going to be tough because if it wasn't Mifflin in this pandemic um, restructuring, it was going to be Central Dolphin who last year went to the state championship game that obviously won District 3 and 6A. 
Now, we had beaten them at the beginning of the year, but they are a completely different team by the end of the year. Yeah. They do, you remember, turned... do you remember that game? That yeah. Well, we just ran it. We ran like a nine-minute drive yeah. in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was crazy. Now um, they lost some guys, but they also have they also their returned their quarterback, who's running, only uh, who's only a junior, junior this year, and yeah. they're running back now. Timmy Smith is a senior this year for Central Dolphin. Uh, They'll get another right, yeah, because it's Central Dolphin. They just crazy stud there. back yep. there, yeah. So that would have been that was supposed to be our first game. Right. Now you get Mifflin. That man, that was going to be a heck of a back to back gauntlet there. <laughs> Oh, but now we're just giving, here's Mifflin, and then we got Man on Township. Right. So Man on Township is our second game. And while they're not the team of 2017 or 2019, they have Wilson's number at the moment, winning, um, what, three of the last four against Wilson. The only hiccup was 2018. We went to their place and beat them 16 to 14. But in 2017, they ended the, str- the, 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 the section streak, the section winning streak, and then one in the playoffs, yep. both at Manhattan Township. We beat them the next year at their place, but then they came to West Lawn last year and beat us. So they've won three of the last four meetings. They've won three, the last three section championships. Of course, the one in 2018 was shared with us in Warwick, but um, Township is the team in section one at the moment, which is tough to say after the, you know, from what, 2008 through 2016. Two thousand six yeah. through twenty sixteen, like whatever it was, it was Wilson. So now you haven't won an outright section championship since twenty sixteen. You get to set the tone early by taking on Mannheim Township. Mark Evans is now here. This is his ninth year with the Township program. Under him, they're sixty eight and twenty nine. Um, Most of those twenty nine were in the first few years, <laughs> right? You're absolutely correct about that. So they were six and zero last year, eleven one overall. They lost to Central Dolphin by a point in the quarterfinals of the playoffs last year. Um, they played Manheim Central in the scrimmage this past Friday, um, and that was pretty evenly contested. Again, it's tough with um, it being a scrimmage right. of who you're playing, but both those teams, both Manheim teams, Township and Central, replacing a ton of departed starters. I think. Township actually replaced 21 out of 22 starters, and Central was replacing, I think, 20 out of 22 starters. So both teams, very fresh, very new, but both teams, Central's been there for a while, but now Township's at the point where, like we always talk about Wilson, they're they're just reloading. Yeah. They're not rebuilding, they're just reloading. They have the next group of juniors and seniors just stepped up, ready to go, and every so often they find that freshman or sophomore who can just step onto the field and can compete like he's been there for a few years already. So it'll be interesting to see how Township fills in those spots. Um, they lost They lost everyone. The only big guy back is Anthony Ivey, and unfortunately we saw a lot of him last year. Uh, he's another yeah. big time division one recruit uh and uh he is back for them so yeah. uh, i believe that penn state offer came two days after yeah, our game right yeah. after uh, he played wilson last year yes um so their new quarterback is evan clark um we'll see what he is able to do um gone are the emgies both both two of the twin linebackers and, and uh and running backs they're gone um, so not a lot to say about the personnel they have because they're all fresh. All we right. don't know much about them. But obviously, like we've established, they are the team to beat with Wilson. So we'll find out Absolutely. early who's going to control Section 1. Yeah, and because and with that game being the first of the Section 1 games, the winner is in the driver's seat. Yeah. You know, um, 
And now, this will be interesting because did I read that Mannheim Township's week one game is LaSalle? LaSalle College High School, yeah. Right. So now, they're typically a District 12 team, they're right? They're playing an independent schedule, yeah. So do they still count as a PIAA team, I would imagine? Because it's so. just their league. Like, they're not, it's not like they, yeah. they, it's right. not like they're playing teams from Maryland and Delaware and, right. and New which, Jersey. Right, which they may, but like they're if they're opting into that, you know what I mean? Like that was the only thing was just saying it would be interesting if it's not because of just the four teams that go in 6A. Like I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, again, that's a that's just an issue for later in the year. Right. Like, because they're problem. part of a league that has opted not to play. But they're playing. But anyway. they are part of the PIAA, and as far as I understand, like the schools are are what opt into the PIAA, not necessarily the leagues. Does that make sense? Like, um, I, I don't know. That's getting up to a level that I don't and ha- haven't really been there before, and don't really care to go there. <laughs> so, um, it was just one of those things that I thought about. Um, but yeah, so they'll they have a couple tough games, you know, if you count Wilson in that group. Wilson has a couple tough games um, right off the bat, but hey, in in that condensed schedule, you're going to see it even more, but in reality, you got to handle it just like you would any other time. You know, we a couple years ago, we went to the one scrimmage model. You know, we didn't have the two scrimmages anymore, so that's not really different in that regard. Um, you know, playing Mifflin we a few years ago, we used to play them the first game of the season all the time, and then the change with when the season started, but keeping them on uh, the holiday weekend was, was made, but you know, we'll be, we'll be ready to go hopefully. So, so after township Wilson hosts Penn Manor Comets struggling um, of late, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2014. Uh, They went most of the, uh, the tenure of their former coach. Um, but since, since his departure, uh, they have not been able to do too much under um, former man. I'm central. Played as tough in the first half last year. Yeah. Assistant John Brubaker, sixth season. They have only won nine, nine of 50 games. Um, they were one in five in section one last year. They scrimmaged Elko this past week and it was pretty even uh, based on what I've read about it. And they get to open their season versus Warwick. <laughs> this uh, this Friday night in Millersville, who returns their quarterback and a Division One lineman. Yes. Ooh, let's not touch on that one. Yeah, I was going to say Wisconsin <laughs> recruit, but um, but I mean they they were young last year, so them hanging tough against some teams early. Yeah, we because uh, we talked about that. That was one of those where you you look at that starting lineup and it was tenth grade, eleventh grade, tenth grade, eleventh, eleventh, tenth. You know, like they were. They were kind of like wholesale, listen, we're building this for the next couple years, not just this year. So um, their quarterback is back. Luke Brost is back. Um, wide receiver Kyle Murr, Isaac, or excuse me, Isaac Hostetter, um, both come back after uh, contributing last year, especially Murr. Um, Isaiah Stoltzfus at running back and a handful um, or not quite a handful of offensive linemen return as well. And of course those guys play on the defensive line too. So they have a good, um, good mix of uh, returning players back. They weren't decimated like township or man, I'm central as we've talked about. Um, 
it, again, it, I think it comes down to uh, the teams that they're playing against. I think they might have a, a decent amount of talent, maybe one of the better teams in John Brubaker's seasons that they've been there. But they got they got to run the second one gauntlet. They haven't been able to do that um, now for ha- half a decade. You know, they were that they were that team to beat um, right there with Wilson from what t- two thousand nine to. 2013 right in there 2014 something like that right like there's a four or five year period was Penn Manor was the team that was the game yeah and, and uh, we played them twice a couple at least one of those years maybe a couple of those years where we placed them in the playoffs too yeah um but not a lot expected from Penn, Penn Manor um at least to to start then after that game um following Penn Manor game well oh I wanted to mention this um, Manheim Township will be streaming the game against Wilson okay. uh, themselves. I do not have any information on that other than it is happening. So Again. obviously as the game approaches, I will let everyone know how right. they can watch. When you have that information, you will share it. I don't know if it'll be free. I don't know if it'll be pay-per-view. I don't know any of that. All I know is that Manheim Township is streaming their games. Well, when you decide, <laughs> let I, us know. When I decide. Which the only reason I mentioned that is because McCaskey also streaming their games. So, McCaskey will have their games online. Now, again, don't know how you're going to be able to watch it, if you'll have to pay for it, I don't know, but McCaskey also plans to stream their games. And as I have that, get that information or know how you can access it, I will let everyone know. That game is on October 9th. Uh, head coach Sam London is back for his second year. They did not win a game in his debut season going 0 and 10, not winning anything unfortunately for them. Uh they scrimmaged I think Lebanon this past week, but I did not hear much about that scrimmage. They open up with Elizabethtown this Friday before hosting Cedar Crest uh in week 2 uh and then Hempfield uh the week before they welcome us to uh Lancaster. They haven't had a winning season since 2010, according to Jeff Reinert's research here. Um, and that's the last time they made the playoffs as well. So it's been a little bit of a rough decade for the McCaskey football team. And uh, I think last year they may have been starting a freshman at quarterback at times. Um, I think, I believe he is back for them. Um I could be wrong, though, because they, they shuffled a lot of guys yeah. at quarterback over the last few years. Um, but some of the, the, the big names back um, include Jasir Williams. I remember him in the secondary. He was electric back there. Um, and Matthew Remash at quarterback. Jose Garcia at running back. Uh, Davian Scarborough at receiver. And Cameron Hiller, also another flashy running back. Um so not only did they not win a game last year, losing all 10, they lost the final seven in 2018 as well. So they have lost 17 in a row, according to Jeff Reinert. Yeah, but a team that has rallied and really fought for their right to have a chance to play this year um, or fought for their chance to play this year. Um, so it's tough. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm not rooting for them to have a lot of success against us. <laughs> right. But anywhere I, else, I, I though, hope okay. I hope they do. I hope they have a positive season, get a couple wins. That would be huge for the coach, for the program. You know, yeah, that that would be that would be cool. Um again, I be careful what you wish for, but I think that would be cool for them. And 
that's a perfect example of one of those. We remember when they were really good and when they're really good, that's good for the LL league, you know? So, um, you know, here, here's hoping their coach can turn it around, but let, like you said, they're, they're in a tough spot right now. So the next week, Wilson returns home to play back-to-back home games against Cedar Crest and Hempfield. Cedar Crest is led for the seventh season by Rob Wildassen. He's 34 and 29 overall. They had some success when they're down in section two for a few years, back up in section one. Um, I believe now this is the second part of a two-year cycle. So I think this is the third year Cedar Crest is in section one. Um, haven't been as strong there but they did make the playoffs last year before they lost to central they they had a really strong start last year um they were seven and four overall three and three in section one so yeah they think they started what four and four and one or something like that yeah something around there because their crossover game wasn't always that fifth game right right um fourth or fifth game so yeah they were seven and four overall and uh they lost to central dolphin in the playoffs they Suffer kind of like Wilson. Uh, graduation hit them hard on the offensive line. They have only one guy back there. They do have a return at quarterback in Chris Dans. And while Tyler Cruz is gone, he was their great running back last year. Aiden Richards is back um, as a stud at running back and linebacker. He takes over the full-time job from Cruz. Um, but they do have seven of their 11 defenders back. So that's good for their defense. And, uh, you know, they get a few games under their belt before they have to come to West Lawn. Uh, like I said, Hempfield is the next game, and a uh, familiar face on the sideline there, Justin. Yeah, George Egger is the uh, head coach this year. Uh, taught at Wilson for a little bit, helped with coach with at Wilson, um, and then uh, took a job at Hempfield a few years ago. Has been on the staff there, um, and there were a number of there were a number of applicants for that job, um, and he um, emerged. So you know, an in-house hire. Um, young guy but you know hopefully can build on some of the things that they had but is looking to take that program back to the next level um and you know have there's something to be said to be the coach and to be in the building um you know and he he teaches at hemfield so you know i i like george again i i hope he is has some success just not necessarily against us <laughs> <laughs> um so he's only 33 youngest coach in the ll league uh hemfield last year under cyber was two and four four and six overall and they you know they're kind of like your average high school team you know kind of replacing about half of their guys um throughout they do have a couple of their offensive linemen back and hemfield's kind of known for their big powerful offensive line so center Aiden power and offensive tackle will alexander return for them as does um their running back tanner hess uh, who was nearly over a thousand yards rushing last year and he had 16 touchdowns as well um it'll be interesting to see um what they do under center um cam harbaugh is the guy to watch he filled in last year at times um It'll be interesting to see what uh, George Ager is able to do for them oh, because yeah. Hemfield t- is like a sleeping giant in Section 1. If they get the right um, mix of coaching and dedicated players, we, they should be we use that out. We use that term for them all the time. We are not the only ones. Everyone I talk to refers to them in that same manner of like sleeping giant. They are a massive school. I think, again, I, I'm going by graduating class size here is usually – I believe over 700, um, which makes them a big, big school, um, especially for the LL league. I, they may be the biggest in the LL league. Right. Um, 
and then you know you've you've got um you know you've got it you you have a lot of support there um it it's just one of those things where hey, we'll see if uh coach Ager can get it done um you know like you said he's going to bring some enthusiasm and and he he's a young guy getting his first head coaching job as far as I know I, I think so because I think he came to Wilson maybe right out of school yeah um, F&M right yeah I think so um and maybe he graduated not. from town Manheim Township so yeah so, Township so, games so are for all I, right for all I know he was he maybe he was on staff there first like I don't know that he, he came, was okay so he was there and then he came to Wilson and then he went to Hempfield, man, talk about being in the powers of, Power, of section one. Um, one. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and by the time we play them, you should have an idea of what, what they're trying to do and what they're going to look like under, under him, um, at least for this first year. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it would be interesting. Like in that first, who do they have week one? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. If it That's okay. Head. I did. Um, just because like, sometimes when you get those new coaching systems, like it'll be very interesting. We also talked a lot about this at different levels of football, but this would be a tough year to take over a program. Oh yeah. Um, you know, because all the stuff you had like planned up and thought about in your interview to become the head coach goes out the window because spring football was gone. And the first third of your summer was gone and just not an easy things. moment. At right. All. Right. So that is your um, non-league preview, which is just Mifflin. And yeah. then your Section 1 preview, which is um, Township through um, Hempfield. And we're not going to talk about Mannheim Central because I think I the odds of us playing them aren't high. Right. Because obviously we hope and expect to make the playoffs. Mannheim Central does too. Right. So there's that, no sense in talking about that. Right. I Not to throw this out, but like, when is the last time that Wilson nor... Manheim Central made the playoffs, I, like in the same year. That would that's a very interesting question. Right? Uh, if if I had access to Manheim Central, I don't history. I, I'm not sure it's happened. Like it may have because those numbers, those playoff numbers were so small back in the day. Right. Like well, Wilson hasn't missed the playoffs since 2004. Right. Right. So it's at least then, and you go back then, you're in the in the Manheim Central like no. heyday. No, not 2004. Might have been. Might have been a. Five. Okay. Either way, you're still in the Mannheim Central heyday. Like that's close to the teams that were winning the state title at Mannheim Central. Right. And then they had the runs where they were playing Strathaven every year and Berwick the year years before those. And you know, so like, I just you'd have to go back a long way. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah, because I, I know they possibly before the Hempfield coach was born. Like I'm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't 2004 for Wilson. Um, was it maybe? It was 2005. Uh, they seven and three overall, five and two in section one. Um, did not make the playoffs. So last mm-hmm. time Wilson missed the playoffs was 2005. Okay. Um, I don't know about man. I'm central. So um, that's an interesting one. Anyone out there listening, watching that has a, knows the results of Mannheim Central every year, whether or not they made the playoffs. It'd be interesting to see when's the last time neither Wilson or Mannheim Central made the playoffs. Right. It's not happening this year. No, it's, it's not. not no, absolutely year. not. So we just it just be an interesting fact to know. Right, right. Um all right, before we wrap things up, we do want to give um one more moment to uh, one of our sponsors, uh the small player big play app. Small Player Big Play App. 
the All Sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right. So thanks again to May's Sandwich Shop, Small Player Big Play, and our two anonymous donors for helping keep the lights on here at the Bulldog Hour. Justin, anything else to say about the scrimmage or the upcoming season? No, just kind of uh, what what you mentioned before, just kind of loop back to that. Um, You know, you don't expect the scrimmage to be perfect, um, but I liked some of the things I saw, and obviously there are things to work on. Identify your mistakes. They literally are probably working on that right now, or at least when we started the show, right around that time, like working on that and getting to work this week and put your work in, play disciplined football on Friday night, do your job, um, and play hard and hope for the best on Friday. Yep. Want to know. That's the focus. Want to know. Win your first game, the opening game of a weird year, against your rival who you know is stacked and ready to play. Just be the better team. Go 1-0. And like Justin said, fix your mistakes, learn, and get ready to buckle up. And really, Wilson's toughest stretch is the first two weeks. Not that you should take the other five teams, well, four teams lightly before the playoffs. but looking at it, the schedule, they're the best two teams they're going to play on paper. Are or, the first two or weeks. expectations or history right. says Mifflin and Township right. are the two teams. All to available worry evidence about. points to yes. those two being the toughest teams. Now, maybe one of those other teams will step up and be tough. Absolutely. Um, could it be Cedar Crest or Hempfield? That's maybe a, that's a problem for future Justin and Joe. <laughs> that's a that's a problem for future Doug. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> current Doug is concerned about Mifflin. Oh, absolutely. Let's not disappoint current Doug. Uh, right. So let's take care of business. Uh, we were hoping to have some assistant coach interviews tonight, but. Um, just the way things are going, um, it wasn't ideal circumstances and we couldn't get anyone that was that interested <sighs> to talk to us. Um, you know, our, our, our normal, um, interviews, uh, will be back as long as we have access, right. um, yeah. to, to, to the coaches and, and players. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but we do plan to be here next, uh, Sunday to recap the Mifflin game and preview the Manheim Township game. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Just please make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Wilson Bulldogs, at Wilson Bulldogs Football, or at Bulldog Hour. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Um, it's not necessary for us to do live stuff there, as many of you probably know, watching this stream right now, because I found out that I created that account in 2014. So even older page than I thought, but a lot of the local area school districts and, and the ones throughout the state of Pennsylvania wanting to stream their games and events can't do so live because they don't have enough subscribers. So 
Go on YouTube and search for local school districts and subscribe to their page. You don't have to get the notifications. Right. Don't click the little bell yeah. if you don't want. Just but subscribe like... to help them out. Let other parents and fans and communities see their teams play. And this isn't just football exclusive. This is everything. I'm going to take that one step further. Please search out Antietam and yes. do that to help our buddy out over there. Yeah, the Wilson grad is the athletic director at Antietam, and he is looking to get their page to the 1,000 subscriber limit. And um, they're getting close, as are other teams in Burks, LL, and Mid-Penn. But just go on there and search for Pennsylvania school districts, high schools, a- athletics pages, sports pages. Find them, subscribe to them, get these these new accounts over the, the minimum to broadcast live. It's the easiest, quickest thing you can do to help. Um, it's free to watch. So if they're using YouTube... I think that they have to be free unless they're putting it behind they're not. a paywall. But they're I not. highly doubt if that. If they're so. broadcasting on YouTube, like if a high school is broadcasting on YouTube, they're not putting it behind that. So go help out these other schools. Oh, Minersville was looking for help too. They were closing on 1,000. Um, we got Awesome new helmet this year. Awesome new helmet this year and connections with John Gursky. So just go out and help these school districts, these high schools, these athletic programs, these extracurricular activities. You know, we're supporting the students, student athletes, and doing what they're doing. It's such a simple thing you can do to help out, get these um, events in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Um, Like I said, when I get information on how the game is being streamed, if anyone is going to be allowed in at the gate, I wouldn't hold my breath there. But I'm just saying any information that comes out that I am given or hear I will post on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as soon as I know it. Um, so just be calm, relax, know that you will be able to watch the game in some way. Uh, it's doubtful that it's going to be in person at Gursky, but you should be able to at least stream it. And as soon as I have all that information, I will let you know. All right. Is that it? Are we done? That's it. All right. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again in one week's time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.